0: Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content.
1: That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, the online client MTG Arena.
0: Mm -hmm. We're talking about some standard uh, this week, the standard format and what it's looking like right now, how we're liking it and decks we are playing. But first, each episode we, oh, <laughs> I did not write our new thing. As you know, we now drink one beer an episode. Uh, so we're bringing our, our interesting beer, we're gonna drink it down and then see how it stacks up to the other beers <laughs> that we have rated in the past. Uh, so with that, Jeff, what is on tap this week?
1: Okay, this week we have a fan favorite here, Bellwoods Brewery mm-hmm. um, with an IPA green velvet ipa is what it's called it's seven percent and that's all i really know about it but uh, you were telling me something interesting just before we started
0: yeah so i had just seen this as i was looking at the can and it says it's carbonated with reclaimed co2 and i thought that that was very strange i've never heard of reclaimed co2 before as it is a gas and i didn't i don't know chemistry i don't know um but anyway, they have like a little barcode on the side and you can check it out. And apparently they use this thing from Earthly Labs, which is um, a process where they can harvest the the spent CO2 that's used during the fermentation process. And then it kind of goes into a barrel, turns it into a liquid, and then they could use that, turn it back into a gas, I guess, and then carbonate their their beer with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the first beer they they used this method with. And I think going forward, the rest of their beers will also do this. Um, and, uh, Pursuit to become carbon neutral, which I think is a big thing breweries like to do, um, and or at least have their one carbon neutral beer or whatever. Um, fat Tire yeah. is carbon neutral, which is what New Belgium was working towards. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Sounds very cool. Great job, Bellwoods. Heck yeah! Save the planet. Drink some beer. Um, let's get this one uh, open and, and going. So Jeff, have you had this one before?
1: I don't know. Okay, I've tried like a lot of different Bellwoods beers, usually at Bellwoods itself. Yeah, um, and so that's kind of whatever they happen to have on tap at that time thing. Totally. This one might be after I left Toronto. I don't know. I it, looks, it sounds like it's pretty recent.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of new to me. I've been drinking it um, as I live right next to Bellwoods Brewery, so. This is uh, a one I've I've had, or I used to get a lot more, um, but anyway, cheers. Mm. Um, we have some magic news. I'm gonna drink a sip before I get into it, but mm. we have um, the Arena Championship number four is this weekend, October seventh and eighth. Uh, the formats are Wilds of Eldrain Limited and Historic. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um, the weird thing, though, about this, so we make that sound because we don't talk about historic on this podcast anymore, just because of uh, we, yeah we've just we have our own feelings about that format and the cards uh, that are in it um, or added to it or made for it. Um, with that being said Jeff did you know they still make alchemy only cards, did you know that.
1: Uh, I think if you asked me do they still do that I would have said yes. But I was not like actively aware. I would have guessed because I didn't hear some big hubbub of them stopping it.
0: Yeah, because I would have.
1: But I wouldn't be like, oh, I can tell you which cards were in the last one they did and the one before that. Like, I haven't paid attention to them. So, well, the thing is. If you told me they stopped it, I would have been like, oh,
0: didn't notice. Well, the reason I say this is because the last time they had new alchemy cards was All Will Be One, which was a while ago.
1: (laughs) Oh, but it's because they did that other thing right this is the mini set after mom
0: yeah so basically um
1: so they didn't do an alchemy for that
0: yes so uh the alchemy and then, El- oh yeah, and then
1: summer had no new set so
0: exactly so it was um uh they just did it for all be one the devs were working to put the aftermath cards in for march of the machine and then the lord of the ring set is like an alchemy set essentially because yeah no need that. for no only. need to add add Perfect. extra cards to that um but the uh <laughs> alchemy cards for eldraine arrive on october 10th um which is this is classic arena scheduling where the big championship is right before new cards come into the format so instead of like a little bit after you know these cards should it's come just out like definitely the wrong ago. way to do it like so stupid, um, really, really a great way to just like poke holes in the the raft of what you're trying to build or whatever. It just, it's like, hey, be excited about your favorite players playing in the arena championship, and it's different, and yeah, the deck doesn't matter anymore, and there's a new deck. You know, it just, I just, I don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah, we've been through this before, but the quick rundown is, if you release the cards right before the big tournament. The pros don't have enough time to play test and get the best deck. If you release it right after, then nobody cares about the pro decks because they're immediately made obsolete Mm -hmm. two weeks after the tournament. To me, the second one is much stronger than the first. I understand not wanting to like, you know, you want to give your pro players a positive experience, but you also want to give everyone else a positive experience. Mm -hmm. And I think the pro players like trying to adapt in two weeks and come up with something is that was super fun. <laughs> so, exactly. Like They also, might be pissed off that they didn't find the perfect deck in two weeks and solve the format. But hey, that's to me, that's another plus. The format isn't solved immediately.
0: Exactly. Um, so this feels bad. Um,
1: I wouldn't even care if they gave the pros, like the people who are going to be competing in the event, let them see the cards first and then they have three weeks to brew with it kind of thing but you can play, play it them? on arena interesting. you get to like what deck should i be building towards because i think this card's going to be really good in it and then mm-hmm. they have two weeks to see if that was true um that could be really interesting of course they're worried about leaks but, but all the cards always get leaked anyways that's
0: true yeah. um yeah so when we first started this podcast they used to specifically schedule things so that the big tournament was a place where they could preview cards for the next set thinking that they'd have enough people watching the tournament that that would be a great place to to preview spoilers and stuff to get people hyped Uh or get people that want to see spoilers watching the tournament um that never happened uh it was always a bad thing uh, if you, people want to see spoilers, they'll be posted on Twitter anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It's just like, so this is the old logic. Um, anyway, I just wanted to point that out again because this like, is... Imagine if
1: we couldn't play World's Decks right now, or that like they just weren't relevant because a new set had come and like mm-hmm. changed. like right now. That's about, essentially what it is.
2: Yeah, it is. We um, just
1: talked about how awesome some of these World's Decks were last week, mm-hmm. and now we wouldn't be able to play them because the format would have changed like
0: it it would have been the week we're trying to talk about the decks they're already right yeah so it's just like
1: well why would we talk about these decks they're old yeah (laughs)
0: um anyway so that's a quick little tangent about that um so anyway uh that is that um something to look forward to uh the qualifier weekend is october 21st and 22nd which is standard um so this is a reason to play standard this is a reason to listen to this podcast right now because we're going to be talking about how we're feeling about the set um and what decks you should be playing spoiler alert it's
1: probably not the one that i've been playing (laughs) definitely not the ones that i've been playing
0: (laughs) (laughs) but we will get to those a little bit later um but uh before we jump right into like tiers and decks and all that kind of stuff jeff i just want to know How's your week been with Magic? We haven't asked this question in a long time. And I thought this would be the the best time to do it.
1: How would it go? Good week. Good Mm -hmm. week. I played more than I normally would. Nice. Um, My son's been uh, sleeping well, getting into a bit of a routine. Let's me wake up a little early and get some games in, um, which has been awesome. Although the story of the week has been like, I've been playing events Mm -hmm. because... I've loosely been considering seeing if I can make the stars align for that qualifier weekend. And so I need some play in points. That mm-hmm. that called. Um, I think I need like two, I'm um, two five O's out. I think. I think I have 12. So, um, I've been chasing the elusive five O and I've got plenty of four ones, but no five O's. And it's very difficult because It feels like it's almost impossible to get through a whole league without at least conceding one match to having Mm. to go put my son back to sleep when he wakes up. He always finds pinnacle moments in the match to wake up and start screaming, and I have to Mm. run upstairs. By the time I get back down, it's like, you've lost. Um, So that is going to make it pretty difficult, actually, to get that 5-0. But uh, I've been having a lot of fun and actually been doing pretty well, in large part because I'm playing mostly against the same deck uh, okay pretty strong majority of attack but uh i think that's just been like maybe it's the time of day i'm playing i don't know but it's just yeah. it, that's just been me i think i haven't seen that reciprocated also gotcha
0: interesting i have also had similar feelings but uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later um mm-hmm. but i've also been able to play quite a bit more than normal as everything has calmed down since my wedding and everything been able to like get back into normal life and and do things and I actually got to play some paper magic this week which is fun um yeah our play group is now doing like a, a first Monday of the month we're going to this bar that's like right by my apartment and drafting just in a bar which is nice um feels very on brand uh and I was very sad that my like Golgari rares I found and drafted uh, did not do well (laughs) what yeah that deck always kills it yeah so I it was it was disappointing I ended up after the draft seeing that the guy right next to me was also playing Golgari rares he got so I was like Ah. oh geez I
1: was like (laughs) how did we how did this happen sounds like pretty unfortunate just like was, the way the packs fell. A lot of yeah. green and black rares to adjacent players.
0: Which is so strange. Like pack three, I opened a Bitter Blossom and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And it <laughs> always killed me whenever I played it. <laughs> I would play it too. Like I'd only draw it late and it was just kind of a right. Um, But it was still fun. It's always great to like drink beers and um, play some magic with friends. So that was really awesome. Um, but as far as Arita goes, I have to say
1: I have been doing very badly, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's getting ready to <laughs> brush the brush off the shoulder there,
0: yeah, no, no, it hasn't been going well i've uh I've been switching i was I was playing a certain deck and I switched up a couple times, and uh all of them have been really rough. I just I don't know what's happening, but things the chips are not falling in the right spots. um I'm sure it has a lot to do with me. But for whatever reason, I'm not in the groove yet. So I'll get back there. I'll get there. But it's been a little, it's been a hard one this week.
1: There's always drawdowns, man. Always exactly. Draw
0: oh, anyway, Jeff, where should we start? Do we want to talk about the decks that are like everywhere in the best? Or do we want to talk about decks we like? What?
1: What's uh? I say we hit the, you know, the big names, the decks mm-hmm. you're going to run into. We don't have to go through a full tier list and talk about a bunch of decks that I'm not even really seeing, to be honest. Yeah. And I just want to talk about some fun decks. Again, like I'm not locked into the Twitter community like I was when we maybe started the podcast. I don't really know how people feel about stuff. Sorry, yeah, you X community. Oh, get out of um, here with that. <laughs> sorry, Elon. I apologize yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how people feel about it, but I am a little bit sort of. Like I have in my Reddit feed, I have there's a lot of magic stuff in there, obviously. Yeah. And it seems like a general sentiment or a meme that I keep running into is how it's just a Shieldred format. And like, oh, standard's just four Shieldreds all the time. And I was just like, this not only not what I'm seeing, but B, I want to convince you that there's this is actually a pretty diverse metagame with a lot going on. And you can play a lot of fun stuff and actually win games. Like the best decks aren't so good, that there's no room for anything else, despite Mm -hmm. what people might claim about children. Um, So I actually think this is a super awesome standard like metagame right now. Mm -hmm. And so part of my goal is to help convince people of that. So we can go through the hits. What what are people like, what are you gonna run into? And then like, what are the wonky stuff that you can play that still actually works and is like pretty awesome. And I have right. a couple that I know you are going to love, so.
0: Oh, well, okay. that will be very helpful because I think today is Zach needs a deck or Zach, yeah. oh. Zach needs a second deck. Zach has a deck that he's working on, but he needs another one to feel uh, good yeah. about himself so that he can get beat up on with the deck that he really likes. Because um, <laughs> okay. I, th- I think that's where I am right now. Um, but anyway, so number one deck, what's the deck that you keep running into every single league or event, sorry, that you're just either okay. like sick, this is happening, it continues to happen, or this sucks? Yeah, you like it? You um, like the matchup?
1: Yeah. So I, it's not really fair to say I run into the same deck every time, but I've mm-hmm. run into five color. Like It's been like 75% of the time. Like Really? Usually my first match of a league is like anything goes, who knows mm-hmm. what the hell you're playing against in the first true, match of the league. Uh, but then like 2 through 4 always seems to be, it's a 5 color deck, it's a 5 color deck, it's a mm-hmm. 5 color deck. Now sometimes that's just the classic ramp deck, sometimes that's the um, like weirdo kind of control version that mm-hmm. emerged at Worlds. Sometimes it's the Cascade version. Um, I think personally the tier one like best version of that is just the classic ramp deck mm-hmm. the like domain ramp that we've seen that reed duke for example might be the guy you'd go steal the list from or ely cassis if you really like uh that enchantment that makes the game easier for me to win um
0: <laughs> you, uh, about up the beanstalk
1: yes that one yeah right <laughs> I th- i'm
0: pretty sure reed duke yeah are they all on the but same place four and oh plays and plays.
1: Replaced- gotcha Yeah,
0: two plus one, but yeah, I think Um,
1: that that I think is definitely it's just tier one. Like sometimes when they do their thing, you're like, "Wow, that is insane!" Like you Mm -hmm. answered everything I did while ramping, and then just slapped some unbeatable bomb. Like Mm -hmm. yeah, fact that you're able because of the like the removal is kind of they're cheating essentially by Mm -hmm. playing a the best one mana removal spell of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like One and, mana removal shouldn't
1: be able to do that. And drawing a card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're able to ramp and deal mm-hmm. with your threat. Usually the ramp deck is like we're ramping and we're just shields down Yeah. or we're killing your stuff but then we're not ramping. Um, this deck is like now nah, I'm going to do when it has its nut draw it's going to do both. both. And yeah. it's very hard to like beat that. <sighs> but I don't think it's it doesn't do that that often actually. Usually, it is kind of playing this stand typical ramp game where it's it's just ramping into big stuff. Yeah,
0: it's been interesting because this version uh, that I've been running into is less about Shieldred and ends up I end up losing to herd migration or the uh, it just always seems to happen that I'm in a situation where it's like I've answered everything, we're at parity, everything's cool. And then they can slap a herd migration down, um, because I've spent too many resources on their stupid angel. Um,
1: yeah, the angel. Like I didn't even know these decks play Shieldred anymore. I've just been. Did they say Shieldred?
0: Like, I yeah. meant to say Atraxa. Atraxa. I'm Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, wow. Apologies. I was different... like, I never lose to Shieldred in this. In game. this deck.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, sorry. My apologies. Yeah, Atraxa. Um, I think they're running less copies because this deck used to be people would just run into they just try to like ramp into attract as soon as possible and think they won the game and then you'd be able to yeah. just yeah. be like you
1: like, you don't okay, win you drew a bunch of cards but all your deck does is ramp into attract yeah. so those cards aren't that good
0: yeah and then i'm like
1: I just kill your attract yeah,
0: go for the throat <laughs> attack for the win like okay
1: yeah
0: so yeah. that has not been the case anymore and i don't like it um
1: yeah they've gotten better because of that like yeah they re- they've had to evolve and now the deck is a little more like just able to win games. Like you mm-hmm. you generally, I find losing to like honestly the Wandering Emperor mm-hmm. plus the Angel, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're trading blow for blow, they wipe your board and then they have like herd migration sometimes you lose to that mm-hmm. um, but usually I'm just losing to them kind of playing uh, mid-rangey, I have a ton of mana Mm-hmm. a game plan there's a lot of ways to end the game that way
0: yeah um, that's that's been what i've been dealing with as well it's just kind of like um and a lot of standard in general has been a bunch of mid-rangey kind of stuff and when we have control yeah. decks pulling back into a mid-range plan and aggro decks pulling up into a mid-range plan i feel like it's kind of yeah just been happening a lot um so yeah. this i have not enjoyed playing against this deck when i see it i'm like damn it um so you should play
1: and you should play anvil yeah
0: <laughs> pr- probably um yeah. that that is a deck i haven't tried playing yet so uh that would
1: there's nothing quite me. like your opponent playing that angel and targeting something that's an artifact
0: mm-hmm. you're like
1: oh <laughs> sacrifices Ooh, um, you haven't played against my deck often yeah you, you don't know this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're when actually really... supposed to bolt the full epicure there believe Mm -hmm. it or not
0: (laughs) or my
1: face or Um, my face but i'm at like 28 so so... (laughs) they never they never think to do that
0: (laughs) hey every point counts um but but yeah i think uh if you're playing five color you you don't this is the one you want to play um
1: i think so i mean unless you have you just think the cascade dice really cool um or you, true. you're if just like an azorius control mage at heart kind of thing like they play whatever deck you want but if you were just like what's the best one that's going to win the most matches i would say just go classic ramp mm-hmm.
0: absolutely um other deck obviously that's been terrorizing standard meta for a long time one that we thought was like very Chill in the summer and has emerged probably because of us. I'm pretty sure it's because of us. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say another way to look at that is since we did those episodes, yeah, like this deck has just been everywhere
0: exploded, yeah. um, which is Demir Midrange um, yeah. in various flavors. There's a bunch of different kinds, um, and you can kind of mold it to whatever you would like it to be, which is the cool part of the deck and why we see it all the time and why it also feels like it's everywhere to me because there's, you could play like Demir mid-range. There are ones that are a little bit more black focused and go a little more aggressive. There's ones that are a little bit more control focused um, that are using more of um, kind of the ones that we were building or tempo focused. And then you also have this new fairy variant, um, which Mm is at the same time uses a bunch of the same cards. So it's sometimes you don't even realize you're playing against the fairy one until you start seeing a couple of their fairy spells, but like, a lot of the other cards in it just feel like this is just to be mid-range again until all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh, they're playing like the fairy fencing card or like the fairy counterspell. And you're like, oh shit, this is a different matchup than I thought it was. But then they'll still slap yeah. Shieldred and stuff on you. So
1: right. I was gonna say this is the shield that people complain mm-hmm. about. Um okay. you know, it's still pretty much the same deck it got. The virtue that's quite yeah. a strong card, it's like a it's... huge addition to this deck actually um i i I mostly it's it. <laughs> th- th- like that and the fairies um right, yeah, the different. fairy variant's obviously brand yeah. new, um but like the classic one that we looked at pretty much mm-hmm. just got the virtue. I don't even know if people are playing Beseech the Mirror anymore. I think that was kind of a yeah, I think the week carbs. one thing
0: yeah, it's not not super great um,
1: eight shieldred. Mm-hmm. dream and then people are like wait shieldred's not something yeah. i want eight of <laughs> yeah i don't need
0: this many i don't even need one yeah. um <laughs> as opposed to virtue is very good and it does yeah. give you the extra copies of shieldred because you're getting them back from the graveyard and yeah. your opponent's copies too so this deck ends up being when i was playing against it and it felt like i was constantly doing this was like I have to exile creatures from my graveyard so my opponent doesn't kill me with them. Ended up being a scenario that happened multiple times.
1: Um, Yeah, I think the interesting thing, even within the deck, is, okay, I'm going to slam graveyard trespass or whatever. Automatic thing to do is exile your opponent's best creature from their graveyard. mm -hmm. But then you have to take a step back and be like, wait, do I want to do that? Because I may get the virtue on my I my virtue, yeah. And so maybe I actually need that card in their graveyard. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I can only imagine, you know, I haven't played this deck, so I can only imagine what the mirror match is like where you're like, but they have okay. virtue. Mm-hmm. So
0: <laughs> I think the mirror match plan is side out all of your shieldreds and bring in um the Blue Sun's Twilight. To steal mm-hmm. their shields and use your virtues to steal their shields out of the graveyard if they don't <laughs> do the same
1: plan as you. and then I was going to say, up... now I'm just imagining like blue-black control mirrors that all mm-hmm. have like creature removal and no creatures.
0: And basically <laughs> then all you're doing is trying to beat each other with fairy masterminds and that's the entire game. Ah, of course. is yeah. stealing each other's masterminds, um, mm-hmm. which is also super weird um especially cuz having a bunch of masterminds on your side of the battlefield is really bad if they slam a shielded, cuz then you die <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it ends up getting into weird Ooh. spaces um
1: yeah really int- this is one of the more one of the stranger like mirror match decks we've seen in a while where mm. because they've gone a little bit back to these asymmetric cards that are like both players heart hurt you heart hurt you and aid myself yeah, yeah, and like the fairy mastermind everything is really that two-way street it's i imagine the mirror match is so interesting
0: i I, <sighs> I think it hurts my brain and i wasn't even playing true uh mirror matches of it um yeah because one of the decks i've been playing is shota Yasuoka's um yeah fairy deck. um because i wanted to test it out because i wanted to see what it was like with the mana base and having the um uh having the cottage and everything and i actually was recently thinking that like remember when we were saying how the blue red creature land is the best one because it's the cheapest one yeah i also realized that it's the one that super dies to cut down and the other ones yeah don't necessarily Uh, we see the cottage the most and then i've seen um the white black one the restless fortress which does get cut down. Um, but thinking about that is also an aspect of, oh, that's also bad because black is so strong and cut down is everywhere. D- yeah. Getting stone drained for one mana sucks. Well, um, I was
1: talking about modern. I don't know
0: if, like, oh, exactly. for sure. Yeah, totally, because we talk about modern on this podcast yeah, all the time. Exactly, yeah. uh,
1: and legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm starting to just think the cottage is the best one.
0: I think so too. Um, also, because now we're in these weird mirrors where uh, having the cottage actually is how you start exiling cards from graveyards, and then you get food back. So you can live with the shielded on the battlefield on your opponent's side by eating your food and exiling cards so their virtue doesn't do anything. Um, obviously, it's not instant speed, which is the best way to deal with the virtue so that you can target the thing that they're targeting on their upkeep, but yeah. it ends up coming up enough times. So. Mm-hmm um though of course in that scenario you have to attack chump attack into your uh into their shield with your cottage but whatever right <laughs> um that might come up who knows but you get a food As uh, you do get a food
1: yeah sidebar on the cottage i mm-hmm. so no surprise i've been playing a lot of anvil lists mm-hmm. um i played some other stuff but mostly anvil trying to find i have like four different ways oh. to to take anvil and i'm trying to figure out which one's the best did one. you
0: did you do it i'm interested keep
1: going sorry Okay, but it's not going anywhere near where you think it's going. Okay, all right, so, cool, all right, right, um, right. I was playing against somebody who was playing something. You, I'm pretty. It's the deck. When I said the tortoise was bad, and you were like, "Oh, I assumed you had some weird Sultai brew that's all about like reanimating, like milling yourself, mm-hmm. and reanimating lands and stuff." I was playing against that. Mm-hmm. It was like. Cruel Somnophage and like the Lurgoyf, the care about creatures in your graveyard, and all self mills I was sitting there like, man, my opponent has a badass day. Um, <laughs> but we were in an epic match. You know, I have essentially, I'm like, there's pretty much no way I can lose. I think I have this locked up. I have my anvil. I like, I had like three or f- either three or four copies of Obnixilis in play. And, um, <laughs> We're just like going to town on this. My opponents had a very low life total, but then they stick a Ren. I don't even, Ren in eight? No, it wouldn't have been Ren in eight. Whatever the newest Ren is, the three mana Ren. Oh,
0: sure. Um, Ren redeemed. Ren and the World yeah
1: Ranker. And they were activating their Cottage every turn, which gave it Vigilance. Mm-hmm. And the cottage just says when it attacks, it creates a food. So they didn't have to; they would get the food every turn. That was like keeping them alive when they weren't spending any mana mm-hmm. on activating the cottage. And then they were just like top decking blockers and like top decking big, big, big creatures at this point in the game. And they like slowly whittled down my obnixilises, and I'm sitting there with like they're at two, but and I have an anvil, but I can never get them because they're just getting this food token every turn, and. Eventually they were kind of forced to attack into my blood tithe harvester and I was like, snap block that fucking cottage. <laughs> and then I was able to win after like a few turns later. But I was like, man, this cottage wren thing is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that... The fact that they still get the trigger, even though they're not, they're not paying for the cottage. It's upsetting. Mm-hmm. That's because they only had like five lands. They couldn't do it all mm-hmm. otherwise. They really needed that Ren. Although they weren't they weren't able to ultimate the Ren, even though it was at like ten, because they needed the fruit token to survive every turn. It was a very fun. It was a that, very fun game.
0: That sounds fantastic. And I want to remember exactly the wording on that uh that re- Ren of the Realm Breaker, yeah. Um, yeah. that is awesome. <laughs> uh that's great. Also, um, now I'm realizing there's no Renan Eight. It's yeah, but I, I understand now. Um,
1: oh not, yeah, te- not yet. Not
0: yet. Not yet. It, technically, Renan. This realm was. Ranker I was thinking this be. is
1: Renan Eight. Yeah, yeah right. it,
0: that, I think that's the um, the code name for it now, right? Uh, and I'm going to just adopt that. Um yeah,
1: because we talk about that card so often.
0: We do. I, I so often I had to look it up because I couldn't remember what it was. Um, yeah. but oh yeah, I should
1: have mentioned it animates the land as one of its abilities.
0: Yeah, the plus one animates the land and gives it hex proof. Um yeah. and makes it a 3-3. Three, three. That makes more sense. Um, because I was like, How did your blood tithe harvester kill a cottage? a cottage? I was like, he must have had a plus one plus one counter on it. Um, but anyway. <laughs> no, nope. all makes more sense though. Well, that deck does seem pretty sick and I need I need some fun stuff that wins. I you know what? So that's the hard thing. And this is a classic magic player issue, but like I need a fun deck that wins games. And right now I have a fun deck that loses a lot and then decks I thought were going to win games that also lose a
1: lot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, uh, unfun fun deck wins games.
0: Or maybe I'm just not picking, I'm picking decks that still look fun. I think that's actually what it is. I'm just lying to myself, saying that the the decks are like, oh, no, these are the good decks are in fact yeah. uh, not good. Oh. Um, which is... It's been there. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, like, it's a spectrum. You You're constantly in these situations where you're going back and looking at decks being like, Oh well this is the best deck and blah, blah blah and then you play it and you're like wow this is so hard <laughs> i am still not winning <laughs> games why is this happening um i think the other deck we should probably talk about before we get into other things is like golgari mid-range because this is one yeah. we we did talk about last week a little bit because it did well uh, and we were expecting this deck to be huge in the metagame and when currently when i think about standard i think about um this deck, and I think about Demir, um, mm-hmm. but just Mosswood Dread Knight just being everywhere. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I think of this deck probably in like the grand scheme of the meta game. This deck is doing similar things to the stock, like non-fairy, just the standard mid-range version of Blue Black, mm-hmm. but probably like on the balance doing them a bit worse mm-hmm. because um like the blue black has access to counter spells for yeah. some of the big threats that domain has that mm-hmm. being said in what I play this deck is better like it's harder for me to beat them than it is blue black because the counterspells don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. So this is the deck I'm not interested in seeing very much because um they're quick to deploy to the board so i don't really get that get under them advantage Mm -hmm. and they just have card for card a way higher power level than me when i play against blue black it's a lot of like holding up make disappears and shit and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay full darren epic here are you gonna counter it (laughs) you want to (laughs) literally don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) i plan on playing three one drops this turn so up to you Mm -hmm. um this deck i'm just like oh man they played like a three two on turn two yeah that really stymies me <laughs> a
0: three two would trample yeah um, which was really rough
1: well i just have a board of one ones right so i'm like exactly. well they're all my free early damage just out the window yeah uh, also I your think... chump
0: your chump blocks are gone which is yeah yeah or your your right, you're right. Block, like your
1: build and block, block anvil sack yeah exactly yeah not not great um, yeah, so against me, this deck is better. So, I think the perspective is this is a mid range decks, it, it's going to share a lot of cards with Demir because black is like the strong color kind of mm-hmm. in both decks. Um, but it's gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have trade offs for different matchups. This is going to be probably better against aggro, uh, but a little worse, I imagine, against Domain Ramp. But,
0: yeah, I guess I do not really. Mean- think about that very much I just think that um I have actually been playing this deck when I was thinking about it the most and specifically the Mosswood Dread Knight when I've been playing uh spoilers this is the deck I've been playing most it is my um my brew this is the first season I've been brewing um, oh
1: I love it
0: I know it is in, uh, it's been foreshadowed uh this is yeah. the deck we talked about <laughs> I'm trying to make the Ariet, Esper Ariet, uh, auras work. I love um, it. But when my three drop is a two four that cleanly blocks your boss with Dread Knight, it feels right. so good. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Meanwhile, I'm like, what the fuck? Three yeah. two for two?
0: And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. Block it and then yeah. Yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> but so if they play a fairy mastermind, you are like, son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, just this fucking card. Um, <laughs> yeah that is frustrating um but but no i think this i do think that the counter spell issue is a big problem with this deck um because mosswood is really bad against counter spells because it looks like you can play this card forever because you like you know adventure it and then you play it and then it dies and then you get to play it again from your graveyard right after that. but as soon as you counter one part of this card it's gone forever and yeah
1: like, it's, it's... It's actually good design that way, because it mm-hmm. shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be unstoppable, kind of, <laughs> like exactly. the inevitable tide kind of thing. It should be like, very, I like how it's very specific time windows, and it's mm-hmm. often awkward to use it, mana-wise, but you yeah. just kind of have to.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's the other things that like, if it dies on your turn and you don't have the mana to put it on an adventure your opponent can not only exile it from your graveyard to get rid of it but they can also steal it with the virtue so that you yeah. can't
1: use it as well um yeah that's what I, I mean so it's very yeah. specific mm-hmm. on the timing and everything right yeah um, so. if i were choosing i would choose this deck over Demir just because it's more my style i also mm-hmm. think it's going to be interesting when uh <laughs> spoiler alert uh when a Traxa or whatever big creature, Tali becomes uncounterable um, mm-hmm. with the release of the new set. Yeah. How interested you are in Demir over Golgotha at
0: that point. That's true. You sorry, you're talking about a new giant dinosaur, is what you're talking about.
1: Probably. No, no? no I'm talking about uh Domain Ramp just putting a copy of Cavern of Souls in their deck. Oh. And... That's making what you a traxa so uncountable. Yeah. Copy that.
0: Sorry. But I there's did... probably
1: also gonna be something new in the set that is uncountable. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Like, I, thought, so I thought we were just going into like <laughs> crazy theory crafting land. No, you're actually no, no, no.
1: something okay. I know for sure is coming. But probably what you're saying is also mm-hmm. gonna be true.
0: That's true. But... Sorry. We should so Cavern of Souls, if you don't know, it's a really important card that was in modern. Um, and had... this is gonna be the first standard reprint since it was printed in yeah. modern so they've decided that this card should be in standard and more importantly should be in
1: pioneer um which is funny because another random tangent when they released this card they basically issued an apology letter being like we know this is against design philosophy and whatever but like here's why we're doing it and it was like new players don't like their big spells getting countered. like they, they had to release a whole thing when they printed this card the first time to just be like, we're sorry, we know it's gonna piss you off, but we think this is good for the game kind of thing. And I... so now they're like, this card needs a reprint desperately, it's so beloved. So it's just funny how magic works.
0: That is so weird. Um, for those of you who don't know, sorry, we don't always read cards on the podcast because we're right. talking about this standard one we cards. Should but this one good. we should. So Cavern it's new, yeah, quote unquote. Yeah. Cavern uh, of Souls is a land, and when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. It taps for a colorless and then you can tap to add a color uh, of any, sorry, a mana of any color, but you can only spend that on creature spells with the chosen type and those spells can't be countered. Yeah. Um, so it's a way for tribal decks or creature type decks um, to be able to push through their more important creatures, or it's a way to have one specific creature that you want to make sure doesn't get countered to be pushed through. Um,
1: yeah, like something with an incredible ETB ability. Maybe. Yeah. Um,
0: um, so that's interesting. I did not think about doing that. Um. I wonder if having Cavern of Souls in your five color deck that only says like Praetor will be an issue. Um, yeah. But Dinosaur I was wouldn't dinosaur be so bad. Yeah. Because you have the Stomper. Yeah, they're playing the Stomper already, the Topiary Stomper. So interesting, but
1: anyway, like even if it's not in the domain ramp deck, it opens the door for a track decks for in general that are maybe just bad yeah, three or four colors. Um, it makes yeah, it and much. and also just like it makes make this appear a lot less exciting over very bad over the dread Knight.
0: as well as the fairies counterspell as well um interesting uh this is not exactly what we were going to be talking about this episode but it does make me more excited for mono white humans as well so Mm -hmm. they'll give that a big boost because that has been a deck i've been looking at now with should i just be playing Mono white humans should i just be like just doing that again uh i haven't played mono white in a long time so
1: i think it's still good man
0: yeah i'm gonna play mono white plus fox basically that that'll be the
1: deck i'm gonna be playing um yeah. But I think those are the top like three, quote unquote. But I think mm-hmm. there's a ton of great decks that are competitive, super competitive with those. You have Esper control if you're a control player. Mm-hmm. There's just a an old school control list that exists. That's mm-hmm. Esper. Um, you can play mono red, mono red's still around. Mono white humans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mono Red actually got like Godric and the Kumano into Godric is like a god draw for them. It's like kind of crazy. So good. Yeah, Mono-White humans showed up at huge numbers at worlds. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people did really well with it. Um, Esper Legends won worlds. Mm-hmm. And then you could still play some other, like there's still Celestia enchantments. That's the real deck. Sorry, mm-hmm. soldiers. Like basically, if you want to play control, you could play control. If you want to play aggro, you could play aggro. And if you want to play mid range, well, you're in luck because <laughs> there uh, are so many. Throw a dart board at the list of standard, a dart at uh, the list of standard decks, yeah. and you will probably hit a mid range deck.
0: But yeah, just take a wheel and like spin it and then spin it yeah. again and pick which colors you want, and then there's a mid range yeah. deck for that. Um, yeah. But Jeff, I want something new. I need some new decks. Okay. I need some fresh feelings. All right. You you give me something, and then I'll talk about a deck uh afterwards but i i need something something from you
1: okay hold on i got some stuff for you okay i'm excited but before i do i should give proper like attribution okay should attribute things properly okay gotcha a lot of what i'm going to tell you the next couple of decks that i'm going to talk about is from uh jim davis Oh, okay jim davis is recently like quickly became just one of my favorite content creators so if you don't he know who he sense. is he actually played in worlds mm-hmm. he was part of team channel fireballs team so he was testing with like reed duke and stuff he is a incredible magic player but his magic content and streams are like exactly what you and i <laughs> love the first of all he has a soundboard with mm-hmm. a ton of different sounds and he's just using them super cheesy all the time like.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, boo, or like, mm-hmm. and I just love that part of it. And he definitely overuses it, which I think is required.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> It'll sound very,
0: very uh, dad centric. He is also a dad, so um... yeah.
1: <laughs> and every deck he plays is just like fun. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll still have a video or two of like, this is the deck that won worlds, or this is what I played at world But what he's been doing recently on his YouTube channel is releasing decks we considered playing at world. Oh. And they've been super fun. So he kind of takes you through the testing process a little bit. Now, to set the the scene for this deck, this deck was something that I think he said a week or two weeks, a week before submission, there was a big Japanese tournament. And this deck went 3-0 drop. So the team was like, and it was a deck they'd never seen before, so the team was like, is this somebody who doesn't want their world's info leaked oh. when they, like, 8-0 the tournament or whatever? Yeah. And so they started playing it. And he said they liked the deck, but they didn't have enough time to tweak it and, like, really learn all the ins and outs. And this is the one that I said you're going to love. Okay. So, so this deck is a gruel deck built okay. around a certain card called Picnic Ruiner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Picnic Ruiner. For those who don't know, is a two mana two two, and then whenever it attacks, while you control a creature with power four or greater, it gains double strike until end of turn. Mm-hmm. Now there is basically this deck has the one track mind of we're gonna put audacity on Picnic Ruiner. That makes it a four two trample double strike. That's the deck. The rest of it is like monstrous rage, monastery swift spear, Kumano faces, uh, Kakazan. You got your questing druid as the card advantage engine. Mm-hmm. You you top out at Glows just because like you're playing Gruul, mm-hmm. and you have some Godrics in there because it's Godric, and that's the whole deck. Um, it's literally just like, hey, oh, I'm Gruul God. beat down with this like combo of picnic ruiner plus audacity oh. and like monstrous rage.
2: <laughs>
0: i love that it's... so much and i'm so mad because i was so mad that i didn't even immediately think of that that's yeah. so annoying because i love audacity and any creature with double strike is a creature that i'm like oh maybe audacity. <laughs> so like why did i not put that together that's awesome yeah um
1: that's so that's so
0: awesome oh my god can Yo, you post I'll send it? it
1: to you because i'll send it to you right now so you can take a look but okay
0: uh, but also in our post discord it. Yeah. yeah um this is a good chance if you are interested in any of these decks or anything we're talking about find our discord it's um uh, arena regulars it's in the show notes below us um come join it it's free and we just talk about magic and stuff so if you're looking for decks and things like that um this is the The perfect Discord to join. Um, oh my gosh, this is so great. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: now I heard Jim talk a little bit about it. He said they really liked the deck, but were confused about no main deck protection spells. So yeah, that's what they would do is play protection. The first thing they would change is like I forget what said he what card he said they were thinking of taking out. But, mm-hmm. uh, definitely they wanted to put it Tam- in
0: Tamio's, uh, safekeeping spells. or, or, uh,
1: I think the, uh, X that,
0: oh, sure. Uh, Tyvar stand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great
1: card. Just for that extra X punch on my double strike. That's true.
0: Oh, so good. Uh, so I love that uh, Jeff sent me an Untapped link so I could look at this. Um, but it's telling me how many cards I, uh, how many wild cards I need to to make the deck, which is fantastic. Thank you, Untapped, for knowing <laughs> yeah. my collection. Um, Good call. But sick! Oh, so great. This is this is so awesome. Oh yeah, they're playing one Tamio safekeeping in the sideboard instead of Tyvar Sand. Interesting, strange. Yeah. But
1: like, feels like at least at least one or two main deck, and then plus one or two more. But
0: yeah, I mean, um, you you know that my favorite thing is somebody tries to kill <laughs> my creature, and I get to put a protection spell on it. That's like, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, fantastic. Well, this is the very aggressive. I think the aggressive aura deck that I need. um mm-hmm. Also, because audacity <laughs> works really well on a swift spear, also, um, as well right. as
1: questing druid. So, all of this makes yeah. me happy. Even, like, just putting it on Mieglos, or... yeah, uh, If you ever get the old turn 4, like, Godric, Audacity, that's a lot of damage. That is a lot of damage. In the air? Um yeah. That's sweet. Oh. Sick. Oh, it was rubies, I think. I think he said they don't think you need this many rubies. Oh, take... Yeah, there's three. Yeah. Ruby is... Like, I'm, I'm, it's a mana yeah. generator and a deck that tops out at three, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean it's it is a, a powerful card, but yeah. Uh
0: it I don't know how I feel about Ruby, but it's okay. Um anyway, sweet, awesome. Love me a good audacity deck. Um <laughs> so I don't actually have a, a deck list that I, I can easily share with you for the deck that I've been working on um but we were talking about a white black oris deck splashing blue for asinine antics so that uh you can have ariette of the charmed apple on the battlefield put asinine antics make all of your creatures, your opponent's creatures cursed they can't attack you anymore and um you get to drain them every turn i realized while i was building the deck that it's a much better I believe either it's much better as a blue deck that splashes for the other colors. And I, I ended up going with blue, white, splash, black for Ariette. Um, gotcha. be, so that most of your deck is, um,
1: surprise, or, surprise Zach su- builds it as Azorius.
0: Azorius. uh or his deck. Um, yeah. but that means that you can like regularly play, <clears throat> uh, Uh, Sleep Cursed Fairy on turn one, Mm -hmm. which ends up being really great for this deck, because you really want something to put auras on that isn't easy to kill. Um, Just to have auras out in the battlefield at the beginning of the game. And also realizing that in your deck, Asinine Antics is a lot better than Ariet because you need, because Asinine Antics does something on its own, it like stops you from dying. Ariette played on her own is really bad.
1: Um, right, whereas when we theory crafted it, it felt like the opposite like yes. the deck is an area deck, and you're playing this asinine antics for the mm-hmm. asinine combo, yeah, um, but the reality may be the opposite that one's good when you're behind and the other's terrible, like when you're behind,
0: yeah. And so currently the deck isn't in a place where I feel like it's good enough to really share with anybody, which is hence why I don't have the list specifically to send you, Um, but I'm playing like combat research, which is our curiosity and standard, which I think I need a a couple less copies of um, because it's even though- all the way
1: down to zero maybe?
0: No, I think you should play one or two um, because it does give area uh, plus one, plus one and ward, which is nice.
1: Um, oh right i forgot that yeah it
0: gives like ward one but it does not give power bonuses to any of your creatures which ends up being frustrating when you are attacking into a um rafine and your sleep cursed fairy can't kill the rafine and if your brain doesn't remember like mine doesn't um (laughs) the amount of times you're like yeah combat research oh no they're like block you're like oh fuck um but the surprise card that's been helpful uh there are two of them so there's the uh the card spellbook vendor which if you don't remember it's a one and a white for a tutu with vigilance it's a human and at the beginning of combat you can pay one to put a sorcerer cl- uh, role sorry on one of your creatures so it's a way to just like put rolls out on your creatures very quickly um i think mono it,
1: white humans place that now maybe in the it, sideboard but i've uh, seen it can mm-hmm. like in standard
0: and so i think that that card ends up helping our deck quite a bit as well as um i don't remember the name of this card but it's uh it's the um like Raise dead it's one in a white and you can return a creature with uh converted mana cost three or less or mana value sorry three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield and you put a young hero roll on it which oh it ends yeah. up being really good to get back your Spellbook Vendors or you can get back your um, uh, Sleep Cursed Fairy and it gets back Ariadne. So right. anytime your creatures get destroyed, you can bring them back with that card, which is really nice. Um, card however, just
1: seems pretty good, to be honest.
0: It's pretty good, except yeah. when you're playing against two specific decks. If you're playing against Domain uh, Ramp, where they're exiling your cards underneath... Right. Their fucking enchantment. Uh, Leyline, uh, it's terrible. And if you're playing against control where they're
1: exiling everything,
0: it becomes really bad. So then you right. side those out. So then- Bad
1: against exile, obviously.
0: Of course. Um, and it's also annoying where, I think it's good, but I don't think it's great. Because also when you play against legends or any deck that's playing the Rat King, Um, the turn, if you set up a turn where you're like block to trade and then you're going to return your creature, they always slap the fucking Rat King on the table and then you lose it. Oh yeah,
1: always. This fucking sucks. Um, You should know that they always had the graveyard trespasser in those situations as well, even with with a singleton copy in their deck. But
0: But the thing with the fucking Rat King is that they don't even have to attack. Every turn they get to exile something from your graveyard. Yeah, And so then even if you play Ariette to block, and like you know bounce each other if they had a graveyard trespasser it, it, they get to do it i don't know so that's really annoying
1: yeah the rat king is very good um, rat king's i'm happy good. i like called that one out as mm-hmm. this card's actually good yeah
0: rat king's also good because when i do Asinine antics your entire board rat king keeps making rats and then they can attack and so that mm. becomes really frustrating um and so you're like well still
1: bought you a fair amount of time I it did
0: it's true it's yeah. true um but uh the two things really to note with this deck if you're if follow the discord because i will post a deck list at some point and it's probably soon but like i don't have a sideboard right now at all um but i'm currently playing Plastic. still
1: in that phase yeah yeah, yeah
0: where I, like when we go to sideboard games i'm like i know what cards to take out i have nothing to put into this deck <laughs> um
1: I don't want to rest, and that's all I put in mm-hmm. my sideboard. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're Actually, a Splash Black, so you're like, I don't black, want so, Invasion yeah. of Gobicons. Yeah, yeah, so
0: basically, yeah, Invasion of Gobicon is in the main deck currently, Um, but I am playing the, uh, I, you know, I don't really remember what this card's called, but it's it's like Invasion of Gobicon, but it's a one-mana uh, curse that we called out in oh yes Strahd.
1: curse of silence or something yes i think it's just something like that yeah.
0: where you name a card and then whenever your opponent plays that card it costs two more and then when they play it you can sacrifice your curse to draw a card um so that's in my sideboard which sometimes helps just like knowing like if you just play it and say shieldridge you're like i don't have to worry about turn four anymore i know it's not right. going to happen on turn four so that's okay um so also it helps you drain um with Ariette. but witness protection all-star all-star mm. in this deck because <laughs> you really want your opponents to lose all their abilities and be a one-one um and then when you play Ariette, you start draining them and they can't attack anymore you're like this is great this is so good love that
1: yeah yeah um
0: so it's been
1: a lot of fun but I have lost a lot um right so, it needs that's, a... that's how like these brand new brews always start, mm-hmm. like a lot of losing <laughs> a lot of losing.
0: um, but I do think there's some potential because there's so many decks that are playing creatures right. um We aren't in a like control meta where, like when you run into control, it's really rough, but at least yeah.
1: we're base blue. so like I think we could we could have a sideboard plan for it, um right. Get those asinine antics out of there, and even yeah. the control decks you run into. It's Like Wandering Emperor and stuff, like they, mm-hmm. they still will have creatures on the battlefield, mm-hmm. so
0: and they're playing like Wedding Announcement and stuff, so
1: right, yeah, as long as you if can. If they're pre- not pre board, they're playing it post board for sure, so yeah, so anyway, um, that's awesome. I love that you took that deck and just started building it, that's great. <laughs> the, I can't you... <laughs> wait to see the list. So,
0: yeah, if you know the podcast, I almost never do this, so it's yeah. uh. <laughs> It's a special special. I can't wait time. to
1: see the list, so it could be like Zach, you should be playing one more land than you are.
0: Probably,
1: but <laughs> that never comes up. That's never an issue.
2: Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um
0: Jeff, do you have any more surprises for us? Any anything? Yeah.
1: So uh this is another Jim Davis uh reveal of something okay. they almost almost played at worlds. This one's spicy. So uh on Jim Davis's team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he played in Worlds. He may have. He's an extremely good player, but he was part of the team was Sam Pardee. Yeah. And Sam Pardee is an extremely good player. He's known for a lot of things, but he's in particularly he's particularly known for playing combo decks. And or like not your typical combo decks, I guess. The combo decks that are like kind of mathematical and um like uh what's the what's the one mana enchantment that puts extra plus one plus one counters on everything?
0: Oh hardened scales?
1: Um, yeah, like hardened scales and mm-hmm. the whole Lego Arc Man sack my thing, like 30 Oh gotcha. Um So that kind of shows up in this deck that they almost played. And it's called Cauldron Fling. So this deck is basically the combo is Agatha's Soul Cauldron and let me Vulderan Thrill Seeker. So if you have okay. a Vulderan Thrill Seeker, which is the backup card that lets you fling it. Oh, right. If you have that under the cauldron, all of your creatures can fling themselves at the opponent. All of your creatures with counters on them can fling themselves at the opponent's face. So Voldaren Thrillseeker.
0: uh, It's a a two and a red for a one-one with backup two. So it enters, you can put two plus one counters on it uh, if another creature, uh, or you can give the ability to somebody else. And it has uh, pay one, sacrifice this creature, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Right.
1: So if you have that under a cauldron, all of your creatures have that ability. Yeah. Then it's playing Ozolith, the Shattered Spire. Mm-hmm. If a plus one plus one mm-hmm. counter would be put on an artifact or creature control, that many plus one are put instead. Mm-hmm. And then it's playing all of these like garbage one ones that have modular, where they come into play with plus one plus one counters, and then when they die, they put their counters... On something else, on something else. Mm-hmm. So the idea is very reminiscent of Arkbound Ravager, where you put all these counters on something, you fling it at their face. That puts all the counters on something else. You fling that at their face, and like and loop through all your creatures until they're dead. Oh,
0: I um, I like that. I like that a lot more. Uh. Have you did you play any of the the cauldron decks we talked about last
1: week? Uh, play it myself? No, play against it once or twice. It was pretty easy victory. Yes,
0: uh, I played the mono blue version, like I said, I was going to, and it was awful. It was, yeah, what and what this deck does, and what those decks don't do, is that. Agatha Soul Cauldron, I think, is really good when you only need one creature underneath the cauldron for it to work. Right. When you need three creatures under the cauldron, it is impossible. Like I I right. played the deck all night, and not once was I able to put the combo together. So I think that yeah. this deck sounds so
1: much better. Like so much better. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and the interesting thing about this is, like, Agatha's Soul Cauldron cares about plus one, plus one counters, and a lot of these things, like, you can kind of do it. This deck is, like, it's a plus one, plus one counter deck, yeah. and the cauldron's just kind of in there, um, which I think is so cool about it's, the design of this, is, like, we have this combo, but we're really adding that combo in mm-hmm. to a deck that's doing its plus one, plus one counter thing, Mm-hmm. which is the kind of combo that I love. I love like creature combo decks where you can play a normal game and then you have this like, oops, I win button.
0: Yes, I, I think we agree on that fairly strongly that like creature combo decks are the, what we like. And
1: mm-hmm. I am 100% on board with this. Um,
0: and what the are thing the... that
1: sold this deck to me yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. is the top end or whatever, the only expensive card of the deck. Knight Errant of Eos. So you just have all of these stupid like one ones with counters on them, and then you just convoke out this big ass thing, and like you go search and you find all these more creatures. And it's just like, yeah, that's what makes this deck probably good. I think.
0: Yeah. Is it so? Is it a Boros deck? I, I I missed the beginning.
1: I think it's like Naya. It's one of these ones where you have to like kind of look at the. Oh, there's just Nana so many colors in it. Like the thrill seeker's red, right? Yeah. So and, it's but red I think otherwise it's green white. Like it's kind of a green white oh. deck that's playing the Thrill Seeker in as the combo. Mm-hmm. But then it does have questing druid because it's already committed to play some red lions and stuff. Yeah. So
0: the other thing that's really good about this deck is that your Thrill Seeker, which is the card you really care about with I got the Soul Cauldron, sacrifices itself. So for four mana. If you draw it late, you can get it in your graveyard and use the cauldron to get all your creatures Absolutely. to do the thing. Yeah, Which is a big issue when you don't have creatures that do that. Like, you very much need the Sleep Cursed Fairy to be in your graveyard for your combo to work. But when you play it for one mana, it's tapped and can't block and you can't get it right. in your graveyard. In any and your opponent's not going to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a bunch of like looters that you need to play and then have them be... Looting, but they can't loot on the first turn because they're tap. They can't tap things like that. Where you're just like, I just need a, a turn where you don't do anything to me, just to maybe set up my combo. Like that's right. what that deck felt like. So, I, I thank you for making me feel better about Agatha's Soul Cauldron because I was very low on it going into this episode. Um, yeah, like that card <laughs> fucking sucks. Everybody's wrong. This is terrible. <laughs> I was yeah, excited. Yeah, Jim about said this. they
1: were like. They felt this deck was almost there. It mm-hmm. was just like, it mm-hmm. was just kind of missing a little something, and then there were such good decks in standard that are more of a sure thing that they could take. Yeah, but uh, seems like a pretty sweet deck to to try out. At least he also gave the tip, the start of the video that just kind of like will mind blow a little bit was when you read Agatha's Soul Cauldron, just read it backwards. Read the bottom ability first and then up towards the top and then you'll remember what the card does because it makes sense that way. They've just like templated it in a way where it's backwards. Um,
0: Interesting. Like, I do know that they always put activated abilities at the bottom.
1: Right, like they've just done that to match their standard templating. But if you read the card backwards, it's like, oh, makes sense what this card does. Whereas when you read it like top down, you're like, wait, what is going on with this card? Yeah,
0: interesting. Interesting yeah yeah because because the card is a two mana legendary artifact and if you read it this way tap exile target creature card from a graveyard then a creature card uh sorry when a creature card is exiled this way put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control then creatures you control get pl- with plus and plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all the creatures in the cauldron and then you can also spend mana as though it were mana of any color for those interesting right. <laughs> it's, it's like
1: actually makes sense when you <laughs> just read it bottom to top
0: because <laughs> top to bottom it's like, all right, this first ability doesn't make any doesn't matter.
1: Weird ability, <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: the second one's like, wait, you can exile things with this, and then you have to read the bottom <laughs> ability to be like, oh, that gotcha. makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because this is definitely in the maybe we should have like an award for card that Zach stopped reading the fastest. And this was one of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> like i don't even i don't even understand why i play this after the first ability so i'm out
0: so So, i'm out yeah (laughs) and everyone's like this card's so good it's gonna be whatever um
1: (laughs) oh man (laughs) okay as soon as he said that, I like stopped, paused the video, pulled up the card, read it back. I was like, he's right. That's much Sorry, better.
0: <laughs> because that's exactly what I did right now. You got to witness that. Yeah. Where I was like, wait, <laughs> stop. Let me go look at this card and read it backwards and be like, yeah. you're right. I also love that Jim Davis's decks that uh, you pointed out and the ones that he was saying we almost took were all playing red because in my mind jim davis plays red because of mog mondays which is one of his right, right.
1: goblins he
0: plays goblins on mondays um which is awesome and and he actually has a um <clears throat> you can buy from him these jerseys that are goblin pile driver jumping on his face and it's like a hockey jersey it's so yeah. fucking cool um, he played
1: some level of competitive floor hockey or something like Not ice hockey. I mean, I'm sure he played ice hockey as well, but I think he got like his college like rollerblade hockey team or something. Gotcha. Uh, And when I first encountered him, he was on the SCG circuit, and he just had a jersey on every time he was playing. Mm -hmm. He always had with a basketball jersey, baseball jersey, or like hockey jersey. It was usually a hockey jersey, Mm -hmm. usually a Rangers jersey, I think. So maybe he's from New York or something. But right, right, right. Uh. he seems like a great guy too just from
0: he does seem super sweet um especially for a dude he has a really gravelly voice um Mm -hmm. so if you like just hear an interview or something with him you might think immediately like oh this guy's kind of rough around the edges but no he's super sweet really great dude yeah um and a it's just. Should we just dedicate this entire video to him? Or,
1: For or sure. Our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Jim Davis. <laughs> um, he actually played mono white at Worlds. Mono oh, white that's even. That's And I think he went six and two in standard, but he went like mm. one and five in draft. So that's mm. why it's. Uh, that's rough. It wasn't ideal.
0: Yeah, it's probably because he was also playing white. in I.
1: Yeah. That, that's a lie.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but. White. All he
1: said was his he thought his draft decks were really good. And so that was his downfall. I think. Oh, classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if
0: you ever think your draft deck is good, you're screwed, which is what yeah, happened to me. That's an
1: Oh three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly... if you're like,
1: I don't know what pile I've assembled here, but I'd be happy mm-hmm. to go to get a win. That's when you three. Mm-hmm.
0: yep. Every time. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. Well, Jeff, do you have, any more decks or any more
1: things we want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? I have one more I wanted to just quickly mention. Yes. Um, this one was a different uh, person who actually I don't really know at all. Okay. But some I don't even know how I landed on this content creator's deck. Their name is Ashlizzle. Um,
0: okay. Uh, that sounds familiar, actually.
1: Yeah, I believe they're a streamer. But somehow I encountered their deck list. And the mm-hmm. idea of the list... I don't love their lists particularly, but I loved the mm. idea of the list, which okay. was just take, like, your classic... Everyone's first attempt at building uh, green-black food mid-range. Mm. Take that deck, remove the crappy cards, and put in, like, braids and bargain. Oh. And, uh, so, like, braids and then the one-mana thing that you sack something and kill anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe even some of these aura makers like uh what, what's one of the things that creates an aura token in green black like green the black. one drop three two yeah uh, yeah i don't remember that
0: guy's name yeah um were they playing the like uh the enchantment the one in the
1: black for the one that makes a wicked roll and then you draw cards i think they played one copy of that mm-hmm. yeah i think that they had the... a lot of like fun ofs and stuff yeah uh, that's that's basically the idea. Okay. Play green black food. Remove the the garbage guards. Replace them with mm-hmm. braids and like s- stuff that lets you sack artifacts for value. Gotcha. And they called the deck Sacrifice <laughs> because of their. <laughs> because it was sacrifice meets food tokens and i was just like i love everything about this
0: that's so good that's so funny I'm, i was literally as soon as you said ash lizzle and it sounded familiar uh i went yes. on twitter to find them and right when you said the word sacrifice, i scrolled <laughs> up to see the deck that they had posted that said sacrifice. that's so nice
1: <laughs> i timed it perfectly what can i oh say?
0: yeah you're so good uh <laughs> timing's everything that's hilarious i love that and um, <laughs> hearing that and hear you talk about streamers which we don't often talk about streamers um, and yeah. other other people but it has made me want to go check these people out and go see what they're doing because that sounds so sweet absolutely and i, I definitely... don't know
1: much about ash lizzle but if mm-hmm. i mean they have a green black food meat sacrifice deck that they've called snackrifice so they yeah, have that's... to be they have to be a delight <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> amazing i love that uh I saw in the thumbnail we have Tough Cookie is um, in there with uh, braids, so that's yeah, that's you all know I me. I to love see. Tough
1: Cookie. That's great. Tough record. cookie's fucking good, dude. It's a good card, man. Yeah. It's yeah. That's where I'm at with my anvil. Like mm-hmm. okay, I can build red black anvil a la Benton Mazda, which is mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. I've taken out the garbage cards that we talked about last <laughs> week and replaced them yeah. with a bunch of Obnixilus, of course. Good. Yeah. Um various cop- various different versions and mm-hmm. different copies uh then i could play good old vatraxa that mm-hmm. shout uh Vat-traxa, shout out to our yeah. dis- discord for that name yeah um which i haven't loved but yeah i've been trying it then i could just play like a jund version basically of anvil mm-hmm. which gets you tough cookie and tyvar mm-hmm. and that is that one is nice man tyvar
0: tough getting a tough cookie back yeah yes it that is awesome
1: very good um and it has come up that i can sack the tough cookie right away mm-hmm. um, which doesn't sound like it would come up but it i did kind of have to do like a block sack thing and the fact that i got the food token and it's up... still there actually yeah. mattered um that's it's, it's not going to come up often. I feel mm-hmm. like this is probably the one time it'll ever come up, but Tyvar's like passive lets me sack the tough cookie yeah. faster than I should have been able to. Um, and then there's also the combo version. You can do the Obnixilis, uh, all will be one mm-hmm. combo. And now that you have Besieged the Mirror, you don't need to play more than one all will be one. Yeah. And so, all will be and it doesn't put it into Aftermath. Aftermath? All will be one.
0: Oh, the, the, card. Sorry, the card. Sorry. Sorry. The card, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: card. I was like, I think it's called All will be No,
0: one. no, the, the enchantment. The enchantment. All will be one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we got um, it. We got
1: it. Whereas the weakness of the deck was that that card sucks. So, mm-hmm. um, having to play more than one in order to actually have a chance of assembling the combo was was the weakness that's true and then also you don't want to play four up next list necessarily so besiege kind of solves both those problems Mm -hmm. um so that version is super fun too i think in the end probably the straight red black kind of aggro version is likely to be the best one Mm -hmm. but the green splash is the sweetest one
0: yeah, well, it's got the cookie in it, so I,
1: I knew I knew you'd get that.
0: I <laughs> Gotcha. Um, the only question I have left is um, if the gingerbread cookie, the tough cookie, is in fact gingerbread. Um, sorry, what I'm really trying to say is, what would you want it to be if it could be any cookie, not just a gingerbread mm. cookie? Which cookie would you? I
1: make? like I like peanut butter cookies myself. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that's so I like butter cookies? Not really, like that in what? general.
0: Yeah. Oh they just god. like if they're on a platter I'd be like, uh, "Is there anything else?" like I could guess. Oh my god, you yeah. know what you're talking about. I know, but you're also going to be mad because like one of my favorite cookies is um I mean, ginger molasses. Ugh, amazing, but if we're sticking away from ginger all completely, yeah. um I would really prefer an oatmeal raisin. That's what I that's what I like.
1: You're just like, you just objectively have poor taste in cookies.
0: I mean, I can accept that people think that, um, but no, I don't. I obviously don't agree. (laughs) Um, Interesting. I wouldn't, I was thinking you're going to say snickerdoodle or something. uh,
1: I don't even know um, what that is. What's a snickerdoodle? Is there like a coffee flavored cookie? I bet I'd like that
0: uh no
1: (laughs) not really like a coffee crisp but in cookie form
0: there's a lot of cookies that are meant to be dipped in coffee but not a lot of coffee cookies Mm. that taste like
1: coffee but no, like espresso powder kind of i mean i bet the italians have one
0: yeah i'm sure but like eh, yeah how about you you make that one it's just like a chocolate chip cookie but you put espresso powder on it that's I, that I will good
1: invent the espresso chip cookie yeah yeah and then it can. It just be, has uh... chips of its pure espresso <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's
0: like when i was a kid the first time uh my dad used to play music at a coffee shop and he bought me like a chocolate covered espresso bean but i thought it was just mm. chocolate and then i Ooh. ate it and it was crunchy <laughs> on the inside and i was like yeah. <laughs> what is this this is disgusting this is so bitter yeah So to this day, that's why I don't like eating espresso beans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that that must be really uh, weighing you down.
0: Yeah, it really ruins my whole life, man. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Jeff, I think it's time for last call. Yeah. So uh, as always on the Arena Regulars, we rate our beers from a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the Tears the Arena. This, however, has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently, because everyone is in a different tier at a different time, so don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. We hate them. We spit them out. We pour them on the ground, and we stomp on them.
1: Right. Silver beers, we're a little less harsh on. They're just kind of (laughs) bad or boring. Macro brews might find their way into this category. Yeah,
0: gold beers are fine, but uh, we don't really think about them very often.
1: Platinum beers are pretty solid. Yeah, Mm -hmm. these are good beers, and you would drink them again.
0: Yeah. um, Diamond beers are exceptional. We really like these beers and we bring them to our friends.
1: And Mythic, these are the absolute best of the best. These are the beers we almost brought to worlds. That's how good they are.
0: Yes. Um, uh, Jeff. So we did happen to crack into our bag of beers this episode, um, which is now a new thing we're doing. In the attempts to drink less beer, we've brought a second one just in case, and we will probably crack just, into it. Just a second one? I have like a
1: whole 12-pack behind my monitor.
0: What the hell? You don't tell me this, and now I look like <laughs> an asshole? All right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Green Velvet IPA. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts first on this okay. beer.
1: So the first thing I want to say, and I feel kind of bad about this after our spiel. Mm-hmm mine was barely carbonated <laughs> it was like it was flat to, to be totally like interesting like I, when you showed yours you had the tiny amount of head on it mine was mm-hmm. like nothing and I bubble here and there and i was like now i don't know if that's just mine or if that's how this beer is supposed to be but uh it could have used a little extra co2 <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so funny. I mean, I did poke holes in yours just to make sure it was super oh, fun okay. when I gave it to you. That yeah. Out. yeah, No, that's yeah. super weird. Um, because it has always the the way it looked when I had shown it with the head is how it yeah. always has looked every time I've ever had it.
1: Now, it wasn't a lot of head that you had, but you had like a it's solid I so, yeah. know, like there's a bit quarter inch or something. Yeah.
0: Um but to be fair, it, it doesn't taste super carbonated anyway um right. which i think is part of the reason why i like it because when i'm drinking high abvs uh ipas they tend to have that kind of flavor where they don't have a ton of carbonation as opposed to like lower abv you you can taste the carbonation a lot more um for sure but that's interesting i wonder no i you probably it would have been exactly the same if we didn't talk about the co2 but uh how much of that was in your mind when you're like <laughs> drinking it i
1: was like i'm gonna specifically analyze the carbonation level um, that is actually probably, funny probably there's some like level of that right where i'm like probably is this recycled co2 do i notice it or not
0: kind yeah i mean there's a possibility as well as your backup beer is probably commercially made my backup beer was my home brew, which had
1: ah. much
0: <laughs> less carbonation so to me now
1: i wish i also used your homebrew as my backup beer ah uh,
0: yeah I um but anyway, uh flavor profile I as far as IPAs go.
1: It was it was pretty good. It mm-hmm. uh again, like maybe it's the carbonation thing kicking in, but I felt like it was a little more mellow than a lot of the mm-hmm. other IPAs you might find on the market that kind of try to kick you in the teeth, kind of thing. Yeah. This was just like uh this one I would give an award to for being one of those ones that's like. Oh shit! That was seven <laughs> yeah. percent. Yes. You, you, you drank. I just drank four of them. Why yeah, didn't you yeah. tell me that? Um, <laughs> it's a little like easy drinking, smooth, but it definitely still has those IPA flavors. So for sure, um, I could see this definitely appealing to that crowd. I kind of was hoping for a little more oomph from it, just knowing it's Bellwoods and knowing it's the seven percent IPA. So I think I've, I just had a different expectation. I guess green velvet does kind of imply it's smooth. It's
0: so. smooth. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say that. And I think that might be a reason why I've like come to it more often, because it's not mm-hmm. as punchy. Um, but with that being said, every time I drink this beer, I'm always uh, this has happened multiple times when I buy it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like green velvet. And then I drink it and I'm like, oh, right. I like it okay. like this you know
1: it seems um, exactly like that type mm-hmm. of beer you
0: know where i'm like oh yeah, yeah it's solid it's solid i like it and then i'm like oh yeah it's like right. fine so it is definitely it, it dances the border of like platinum and gold where mm-hmm. i like in my mind it's platinum and when i drink it sometimes it dips down into gold but then i have other gold beers and i'm like no i think it's Fine. So that's
1: exactly like the roller coaster my mind went through. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, this isn't doing it for me. It's gold. And then I started mm-hmm. drinking. I'm like, it's pretty good. It's just not exactly what I'm looking for. And then I was like, okay, what's another gold beer that's like quintessentially gold to me? Yeah. And, and like, I was like, this isn't that. Yeah.
0: What we had last week, as far as IPAs went, reminded me much more of a gold beer.
1: Right. Yeah. We knew right away like
0: but this is gold. This one. It doesn't hit the target in the center, yeah. um. So, and I've I'll, bl- I'll just
1: give this platinum. I think, but mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's definitely platinum. No, no, you're good. It's platinum four. It is. Yeah. We don't often do that, but I, I one hundred percent agree. Do it a little more, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely agree. It's very low platinum. Like, um, if the season renews and we just forget to drink it, like it could be gold. You know what I mean like (laughs) so it's it's very possible um that
1: like it goes there but but i also kind of want to bump it up or want to like it just because of the like trying to help the earth yeah exactly so there is that but i I mean you want to help the earth like don't make beer because it's a huge waste of water but if they're gonna make beer yeah, yeah. And if, want, we wanna, if we want to if we want to get into, into
2: that. In that? They mm-hmm. want to
1: try to help the earth as much as possible. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Absolutely.
0: Oh, anyway, low platinum for green velvet from uh, Bellwoods. Yep. Uh nothing's going to catch up to their their uh Jelly King. That's oh, too, it's too yeah. impossible.
1: Or some of their barrel-aged stouts when they first like when I first had them in Toronto, they had these mm-hmm. like Slight funk, belly-aged, barrel-aged, I'm belly-aging a couple years Yeah, I belly-age it, yeah. (laughs) Uh. It's so good, (laughs) belly-aged. Okay, we gotta start a brewery and call our beers belly-aged.
0: It just sounds like we're drinking beer and then pissing in bottles and selling that and say it's belly-aged beer.
1: No, no, no. you got a belly age.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, oh, you have to belly age it yourself. Yeah, it's it. that uh we belly
1: aged it. Gotcha, gotcha. I think um, belly age is like a women's hairstyle. Belly age? Yeah. Is that like I a length? It, I think it's bellyage Oh it's bellyage. Like, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, you're being serious. This isn't a joke. I was waiting for like some sort of fun in there. I no, was thinking. All. Like, Is there like a a hairstyle that goes all the way to your belly and that's bellyage (laughs) style of hair? Um, Gotcha, you you mean like some sort of product
1: or something? No, it's like a coloring technique. It's like shadow. Yeah, it's pretty... I don't even know how to describe it. Oh, okay. It it goes dark to light gradient in an interesting way.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right, so it's like a... Oh, okay. Bellyage, belly-aged. Yeah. I like ours more, but anyway.
1: yeah. um... (laughs) We can get, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, crowd that may not drink beer. They might not know about belly-aged. They know about belly-age. We can Mm -hmm. link those two.
0: That's true. We should spell it exactly the same way, but pronounce it belly-aged. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's good. Um, Get our SEO up. Anyway, um, we should just go to closing time because this is getting crazy. Yeah. Uh if you want to talk to us you can find us at arena regulars on uh Instagram and other websites that uh, uh we are on.
1: Yeah. You may also find us on Arena itself under the username arena regulars podcast.
0: Yeah, we might be playing uh fairies or snackrifice or something. Who knows? Ooh, sacrifice love. Yeah. Uh, If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Instagram and other websites. But Jeff, where can they find you?
1: Best place is on the Discord channel. Uh, I go by regular Jeff on our Discord, and the best place to find the link to that in the show notes.
0: That is right. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review there, as well as going to our YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe all those things uh it actually helps our brand out a ton our brand but our podcast. so if you like this show that helps a lot this has been the arena regulars
1: reminding you that you don't have to play shieldred to be successful in standard
0: good night All right, that's fine.